1: Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality, and creating change. Dree Cooper is all about her community. She makes her home in an area of Detroit some call Prostitute Row, but she calls it home, her neighborhood. She looks out for the elders, the children, and yes, the sex workers, providing food, clothing, shelter, and love to all who cross her path. She's also an animal lover. Dree has rescued at least 300 dogs and probably as many cats. Dree is a water rights activist who believes every citizen should have access to clean, affordable water. She has lived without access to water when a landlord didn't pay the water bill and she couldn't afford to move. This experience fuels her fight to stop other families from being denied access to water for their families. She calls her particular brand of activism, hood feminism. A hood feminist cares about people who are of color, non-binary, ghetto, ratchet, homeless, disabled, mentally ill, transgender, the people who do hair out of their homes, cook fish on Fridays for sale, sex workers, especially those who are black and transgender, and those fixing cars in their garage. Dree accepts all of these people. Her hood feminism is a throwback to a very old concept in the black community when women not only raised their families, they nourished entire ecosystems of neighbors and kin. She represents the heart and soul of Detroit's neighborhoods. Dre, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today?
2: I am great. Um, I am optimistic. Um, I love how things are going. Um, I appreciate how the election is turning around a little bit, Uh (laughs) a little Uh bit, not much, (laughs) but a little Uh bit. Um, I love to see how aware so many um, non-males and black women are, Uh and uh, how we are starting to fight more, speak out more, and to drop the responsibility politics. Thank you. Thank
3: you. I mean, you know, and I'll tell you, part of, I mean, we ha- we know a lot, we have a lot of friends who are sort of like in common, but part of what while I came and learned about you was Desiree Cooper wrote this thing about hood for fris- feminism. And as I'm reading, I'm going like, wait a minute, that's my sister. I know what this woman is talking about. I know exactly you know, where you're coming from. And then, you know, the more I, I, I read about you, you know, I have friends who are lupus warriors and I think that I have never met a lupus warrior who is not badass I mean I'm reading <laughs> about you and you know and I mean and anybody would say well Dree you know we understand if you just want to sit at home it's okay but you don't I mean no. you are out here fighting for the community yeah.
2: thank, you. How old, thank you for
3: that <laughs> you know how old were you when you were diagnosed with lupus
2: oh gosh um that's a hard question to answer because um, I think I was in my early 30s and I didn't mm-hmm. accept the diagnosis, which is why it's a hard question to answer because mm-hmm. um, nobody wants to hear that. And there was a doctor, one of the top OBGYNs at U of M, and he told me every day I would come in because I used to like to eat my lunch outside. And um, when I come in, I would have the butterfly rash or my skin would be so irritated that it would be hard to work or just from being in the sun, I'd be exhausted. And he'd say, um, I want to do the uh, test for you. And he was like, if it is, it is. You know, if it's not, it's not. And I'm like, oh, I don't have lupus. You know, I got, I got too much stuff to do. You know, And he'd say, let me draw your blood and let's go from there. He's like, because all signs are pointing to that you have lupus. And you need to stay out of the sun and you need to stop doing A, B, C, and D so you'll have a longer, healthier life. And I'm like, you know, once you're told you have something, it's real and you have to change so many things about yourself. And I already had so many things I was dealing with and I didn't want that. I didn't want to swallow that pill. Mm-hmm. And so he sent the test in, the results came back and he's like, all right, you have a lupus. Let's deal with this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, you know, like, I am I don't have time for this, sir. I'm okay, you know. And then um, it started becoming more real. Like, you know, when you're younger, you can go a little further before it knocks you on your bottom and you can't get out of bed for five days straight just because you ate a french fry, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as time was coming on, it was, you know, harder to come out of the flare-up. It was becoming mm-hmm. harder and harder, and I had to say, all right, I really have to pay more attention to my rheumatologist, which is another problem as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet rheumatologists that say, you know, here's a Butane pad, here are 120 or 90 Norcos, here's steroids, bye. Mm. And that's not going to fix anything about my flare ups You know, um, Just recently, I had a flare-up that was attacking my heart, and at the hospital, they gave me a Tylenol, um, a lidocaine patch, and said bye. Mm. You know, so as a black woman, we don't get the care we deserve a lot, and we don't get things explained to us. And so um for everyone paying attention, ask for a patient advocate. Tell mm-hmm. them, document this, that, and the third in my chart that you're saying to me. When they say, oh, let me test you for diabetes, and you know good and well you don't have diabetes, document in my chart that you insisted that you test me for diabetes. I asked Mm -hmm. for a patient advocate. I asked you to do A, B, C, and D, and you said, no, document that in my chart. These things are important because they treat us like uh, we're not citizens, like we're ignorant and we don't know anything and that we ate ourselves into bad health or that we are seeking um pain pills and nothing more, mhm, so you know
3: I know I'm, uh, I'm go ahead the different women who I've talked to who have lupus i mean that's that story about you know the health care provider not listening or or just like you said, here's a patch seer, you know,
2: yeah. And, in the and you, of all it, it, It's so hard to get a good rheumatologist, it's, it, mm-hmm. even as a regular, you know, even as a non-black person. So imagine as a black person trying to find a rheumatologist that'll listen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or, you know, or either they go to the other extreme and say, all right, well, let's start you on chemo. Mm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I need chemo. You know, it's, it's, it's just no mm-hmm. in-between for, for, for black women. So, it's very frustrating.
3: And on top of, and while you're going through this, you're a mother. You got your kids yeah. you have to take care of and see about, and they're asking you to to do these things which are going to you're already knocked on your butt, but they're asking you to do these things that are going to make you even weaker, and you have
2: children to tend to. You know, how do you? And my entire community, the, the thing about hood feminism to me is to uphold my hood. It's not just mm-hmm. something I talk, I walk the walk. Um, it, I don't want everybody in my hood to eat because systematic racism, we're the most marginalized of the marginalized, especially the queer community. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want us all to eat, including sex workers who people love to ignore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure they are okay. I even take care of the animals in my neighborhood. So I make I sure they them. eat. So even, I even make sure mm-hmm. they eat.
3: And, you know, and that's and the it, thing about it. You know, it's like you're the type, and I get this, and, and I understand that too, how you gonna sit up there and, and at home, and you've got this, and you know that other people don't. And I can tell people, you know, this is how, you know, you, people want to call it feminism like it's something negative but you know that's how we got to be here who mm-hmm. we are I tell people my grandmother and I when my grandmother died I had people who said that they could go to her house and she'd make a pallet for them on the floor if there was food and my mother would joke about that she said so my, my grandmother knew how to slice something so thin you could almost see through it but <laughs> whoever needed ate. to eat
2: ate you know and I like to take up space for people who are, not, who, who are not politically correct, who are not sound, who are not the most popular people, who, who people forget about or shame or who don't care to see, who people are, have overlooked and forgotten about, who people don't turn their nose up to. I like to take up space for those people as well the ratchet, the ghetto, the hood. Mm-hmm. I like to I like to take up space for those people as well. Now my mother graduated school very young, very highly educated. I got a I have a very good education as well. But that's not necessary and I want that to be a, a big thing. I want the loud, the ratchet, you know, I want those people to know you you can be here and you can take up space. You don't have to be a a state rep. They aren't they aren't everybody. They aren't it, all mm-hmm. that glitter isn't gold. You know, mm-hmm. they still shine to us. Single mothers. Women with four and five kids by five different men. They matter too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And and, and we you know forget that. And you know, and
3: often you have, you know, women who quote unquote, you know, they're supposed to be all about women's empowerment and they're mm-hmm. like, But then they'll look down on the sister who has, you know maybe five kids, six kids, as many kids as she wants to have, and maybe they're by different ones. But just as it should be your choice to not have children, it should be your choice to have children if you want. And sometimes you see these sisters are holding it together, taking care of those, and you'll see people who, like, you know, they see them come in with their kids and they just sort of, like, roll their eyes. Right. Not giving people respect.
2: Yes, and we, we only want to, some of us forget about everybody else, and we only want to hold space for certain types of women, and that's not mm-hmm. acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, we only okay. want to hold space for women. we we deem we, we okay in polite society, and this woman is okay, but those women, we're going to shame. Nope, 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 all of us are coming along with me. Uh-huh. This right is okay for everybody. All all of us are okay. Uh-huh.
3: And, you know, and how often do you hear people? In fact, I was reading about um, Maya Angelou. And if you look at all the things that she went through, as someone who just go, mm. you know, and you never, everyone ha- comes here with potential to be whatever they want to. But then we want to look at and go, oh, where's the daddy? Or you have a different daddy or she's not college educated or she's a sex worker. And somehow they're, you know, it's like throwing everyone away. And people
2: don't get that. And we want to shame women into being in in horrible relationships and horrible situations. You know, we like to shame people into thinking, well, you're a single mom, you're not worth anything. So they go out and get the first man they see, and then, you know, the man beats the woman and the child to death. Let's mm-hmm. not hold space for these situations. Let's accept uh, yeah. people for who they are. Yeah, I just I
3: mean, there's things like, and I, as I read about you, that I so identified with, because I often tell people, like when I had my son, and I, you know, and I had to go to work, you know, and I can recall one of the places that I went, like this guy saying, "Well, you know, yeah, you passed the test, okay, because you know, okay, I'm black, I'm female, I'm young." And I got a kid, and I don't have a husband, so I had to come in there and jump through every hoop, okay? Uh-huh. And then to have him say, you know, well, you know, you did pass the test, you did all lot, but, you know, I'm not inclined to hire a, quote, unquote, girl like you, because odds mm-hmm. I you're going to do it again. Okay, so what? not only have you written me off, you've written my child off. And, mm-hmm. you know, which only made me, which you don't then, what you see about many women, it makes you more determined to do what you need to do. You know, you've yeah. got to take care of yours.
2: Yeah. And, and and then we deem to be these people. not You know, not us, of course, but a lot of us, like, mm-hmm. hold them to a higher regard. No. You know, mm-hmm. these are the people that put us in the worst predicaments ever and don't play by the rules, won't play by the rules, you know, won't ever accept us, so why would we give them our best? Mm-hmm. Give each other our best. Let's give each other our best. How about let's try that for once? Mm-hmm. You know, let's do better for one
3: another. Yeah, and I like how you said how you take care of people in your hood, because like you said, why would you go, I mean, you go, go and give the colonizer 200% <laughs> and your neighbor nothing, you know, and this yeah. is the person yep. who is right next to you who, if they see you fall in front of your house or if you're sick, they're going to come see about you and to do that. And why wouldn't you try to build community? You know, Mm -hmm. do you find that, that people, how often do you find yourself breaking that down to people as to why you're so committed to community and particularly people who are supposed to be quote, unquote, progressive and, enlightened, and then they, they want to get you to do something other, and, and you say about how you have to go back and give to your community and make space for everyone.
2: Um, I rarely explain myself to people that are like me, Look, that don't look mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if people don't hear mm-hmm. it, I really don't care one way or another. But mm-hmm. when I'm doing my speeches or workshops, I will break it down at the beginning, like, this is me, this is who I am, this is why I do it, um, because a lot of my money goes back into the community or to get, you know, cats PNR would or, you know, dogs in a rescue or, you know, mm-hmm. for sex kits and things of that sort. So some you know, I'll say, hey, before we even start this workshop, this is me, this is who I'm about, this is what I do. Um, as far as my community, up until recently, everybody over here knows who I am, know what I do. Um, I walk around here safely, comfortably. Um, when I walk, I have, like, dogs and cats following me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people that probably hear about this will tell you, oh, yeah, you know, when she's walking, she got dogs and cats behind her. You know, it's a hilarious thing to see. But um, so I really don't have to tell a lot of people. Most people know of me and have donated, like, hundreds of dollars in, in items to me and for me. So um, I don't really have to talk about it often. Um, A lot of people are like, you know, stop doing that. It's dangerous, you know, because, you know, you equate hood to Mm -hmm. anything negative. The connotation is negative, but the gratitude outweighs the negativity always. You know, I I was
3: talking to someone and um, they said, I was where I was at and I asked, someone asked some young black men to help me do something and they said you ask them and I said yeah you know why wouldn't I ask them they said well you they might have said no I said yeah but they said yes and you could tell that they didn't mind helping me why won't you give somebody the opportunity to be them to their true self and let them shine yep. just because of your issues yeah mm-hmm. and I said like well I'd be afraid to ask
2: uh-huh, you know
3: well, don't you come said? around. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another thing, you know. Say, hey, don't come over here. You know, people say that you can tell by how people talk, where they should and shouldn't be. Yeah, you know, yeah. people say things to me, and I'm like, I, I'd rather you didn't come around be- mm-hmm. beforehand. I want to volunteer, but, you know, or I, w- I want to help you, but, hey, go. Mm. And I, that's okay. No thanks. hmm Yeah. All right, you know, that is just like, you
3: never know the impact you make on somebody's life just by walking your truth. And like you said, you know, and, and you somebody could have degrees up the, the wazoo, but if they aren't ready to walk through a neighborhood, particularly if they're black, of our people, what does that say? You know, what does that say? You're building, you know, you're in a place where many people say, oh, I'd just be in a rush to get out of that area, but you're building a yeah. community there. You're building right. a community and you have a community there that is a community that, you know, cares about not only the people, but you care about the animals and you're seeing like you're taking in and making sure, you know, you're finding homes for them. You're doing, this is your your neighborhood. you are your community members. And I heard and you say that, you know. And you
2: learn who, who, who uh-huh. the serial killers are, who the murderers are, who Who's mm-hmm. doing what by doing this, too, as well, you know, to avoid who's hurting the community, who's hurting people. You know what's what when you spend time in your community.
3: You know, you talked about how you make space for everyone, including sex workers. And I know that often you'll hear, especially if someone gets beat up, arrested, um, when, if a trans woman who's doing sex work is killed, they go like, well, you know, you see what they were doing. But, you know, I often say, no one should you know nothing says that that you know i've got a thing on my back saying that i can be beat up killed brutalized but you should be in a community where if someone sees that you're in trouble they can say hey are you okay sis you know and right. they know like right. they, they could walk up on somebody's porch and yep. and, and do that be safe uh, yes mm-hmm. what yes do do you find that like does your community are they not policing stuff, but are they? How are they looking out for one another? Even though um, some people would say,
2: "Oh, you know, they're doing wrong," or do they? Well, they, do they not they. Um, say that? They are not safe over here. We have several men uh, still at large that are out to hurt them purposely. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they just caught another man that was that was killing people, um, but they do share information. Um, they will say, "Okay, this car." is on ABCD tonight, be careful, don't get in this car, don't do this, this guy just hurt such and such tonight, the police are doing this, Just you know, Sergeant such and such or officer such and such is acting this way tonight. They do have their own network. You know, yeah. they do talk, they keep in touch with each other, with the exception of a couple of people. You know, some girls have um, only appointment dates and they think they're better than other girls and things of that sort. You know, that. You know issues, you know, but other than that, they they are pretty close knit. They keep in touch with each other, and some people have people watching them. What is the relationship?
3: I mean, because you have a community, a community that cares about each other, and you know, not in in the ways that some people might say are more politically correct, you know. But um, how do? What is your relationship with city services, the police department? And we're going to talk about water in a minute, but what is their relationship? Are they responding to you, or do you have to push for everything that you're supposed to have?
2: Um, some police are okay with me, some are not I've had negative um going in with the police I've had not so bad. The fire department no problem um mm-hmm. none at all with the fire department um I'm okay with lawyers. I'm okay, like um, before Dana Nessel got elected, I had a great relationship with her. Um, Uh Great relationship with Jamie Horowitz. Um, I know Jaleesa Abad worked really well with the police. Um, Uh I work with kids that are being sex trafficked right now. I was working with the health department, but I have to check back in with them again. So um, I basically just kind of work with myself, and when something comes up, I reach out to whoever is available. Mm-hmm. And, of no, uh, that's, a- that's the only thing you can do, you know. Mm-hmm. But the the water department, uh, yeah, no, I have nothing going mm-hmm. on with them right now. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, let's take our first place. Then I want to talk about water because, I mean, you know, that's okay. just, you know. So, but we'll be right back. And we're back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and I am talking to Dree Cooper. I mean, water is a right, you know, and the people don't – and when you find people who don't get it, you know, they say, well, okay, just pay their bill. You're not telling me, you know, I can recall – and you know what? And I still have bottles of water. I'm just going to tell you right <laughs> now. Uh, I, I can recall. There being times growing up that you know this would come, that would come, and there'd be a period of time when my mother would have us fill up everything imaginable with water, and we wouldn't flush, and you know because we knew and we knew that there was you know a time where the water had to to wait a minute that bill till so she could get it together, and it's worse now mm-hmm. i mean it's it's just like it's worse now. Not, let's not forget the part that, you know, that you can have contaminants in your water, but people are having their water cut off and living without water for a long time. Uh huh. I mean, what what movement? I mean, I know they had asked the governor to signed something about not letting water cut off, and they said they didn't have enough data and stuff to do it right now.
2: <laughs> what more, yeah, interesting. What
3: more, yeah, what more do people have, what more data, what more information do they have to know to know? I mean, you can live for a longer time without food than you can without water. You have to have water.
2: Well, Why don't you? is starting a campaign. Her name is Jennifer T. Um, I know Jennifer, I, yep. Oh, I love Jennifer. Uh-huh. She is definitely for the people. Um, I haven't uh-huh. gotten on board just yet. I haven't had a chance. I haven't had two seconds, but if she's um, part of it, I, I trust it wholeheartedly. But uh-huh. um, she's getting people's signatures and writing letters to uh, Governor Whitmer about the water crises, and she has um, a lot of resources, so I'm going to check that out hopefully uh, by tomorrow and see what's going on with that. But um, I collect water. I have people drop off water. And I also, my friend from uh, Philly, Triton Lee, we had a whole water event in the summer, and um, she sends water from Philly all around the country. Huh. We have a whole network um, of of black women that do things for other black women. She sends groceries, all types of things. She, you know, bails people out of jail. So we have different networks where we look out for other black women. Mm -hmm.
3: In your neighborhood, how bad is the water situation? I mean, you know, like how often do you come across people who don't have water? Who either it, um, have it cut off, or or just don't have access to good clean water in their home?
2: It hasn't been that bad, but when we do, we ha- we usually do a GoFundMe um, mm-hmm. until we can get it back on. We um we act pretty fast, but other communities um don't work that in that matter. Some communities people don't talk to one another. You know, mm-hmm. some communities are on guard. Some communities aren't. The don't use the term community as 70s and 60 kids did. You know, it's not the same. Some people don't even know their neighbors don't have water. Mm -hmm. You know, some people don't check on their neighbors during snowstorms and heat advisories and things of that sort. Everyone doesn't have a sense of community anymore. And sometimes it works for them, sometimes it works against them. And in a water situation, it works against you. And that's something I would love for everyone to have, but it doesn't always work that way. You know, again, it works for some communities. You know, the whole big fences, you know, make better neighbors thing is what society has gotten used to. Like, you know, we had a whole thread going about people sharing one lawnmower would be ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, if we all have one lawnmower to share, if we share washers and dryers, how, how much further we can all get ahead. You know, but... I don't know why it doesn't work.
3: Well, you know, especially, with, which is funny, because when you hear all these people talking about climate change and and, and the environment, those are things that would impact, you know, the environment. Mm-hmm. If you had one group where, you know, on this day you were washing clothes, plus not only that, but building community where, you know, you're doing that and you're washing and you're talking and maybe, you know, instead of Jane going out and buying new clothes, she sees that so-and-so's kid is growing into that and they exchange clothes. I mean, it's like how more sustainable would our
2: communities be? Hello? And that's what we were saying on a thread. Like, so if, if two people had lawnmowers, two people had, like four people had washers and dryers, you know, and we went that way, Imagine, uh-huh, you know, but here we are instead, and and so we don't know what's going on up and down the street. We don't know that the the elderly woman on the corner is dying, you know she's dehydrated, she hasn't had water, she needs so many different things because we're not checking on one another, whereas by me feeding everybody's dogs and checking on people, I know who's doing what what's going on when the last time you've eaten, you know. Oh, you know, she has been without power for three weeks, so let's do a GoFund. You know, I know these things. Mm-hmm. Even by talking with sex workers, oh that lady up the street, her husband left, she hasn't eaten, da da da, you know, people around here will cook and feed the whole block. Mm. But the terrible thing is now everybody's, you know, they sold the state fairgrounds. ground. led yeah. to the taxes, you know, the property prices went up, gentrification is coming, I don't know how longer I'll be here. Mm. You know, my wow. rent just went up 175 again, so, mm-hmm. you know, this community might not be community much longer, but while it's here, I'm here. So, you know, and
3: it's interesting how many other places that for the longest they let, you know, just go downhill, neglect, now you have these people coming in who recognize the value of it. And like you said, your rent goes up and up and up, and we move people out. And the other thing is like affordable housing. So where do people go for affordable housing? And, you know, and people aren't talking about because one of the possibilities would be like that senior who's down there by herself, maybe younger people could move in there with it. And like you said, they'd be sharing all these expenses and stuff and everybody would have a home. But we don't seem to be encouraging or working in that way. Are you having conversations with, uh, you know, and I'm glad you know Jennifer. I've known Jennifer for many, many years. I knew her parents. I had met her parents. Oh. But I've known Jennifer for and watched how she developed. And, and like you said, if she's there, she's in it. And part of the reason why I know about her is because having been involved in conversations about how do we do better for each other here in this city And, you know, there were things that we could do, like in gardening and sharing things, but now that gentrification is coming in, it's almost like where's the commitment to doing those kind of things? And
2: I don't hear anybody in the city talking that. You know, they're the ceiling, we're the floor. You know, they got to walk over us to get where they're going, and Mm -hmm. once they've walked over us, that's that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I, wow. again, I look at people that subscribe to respectability politics, and it's like it's pointless. Like that's part of oppression. hmm I I can't understand it. hmm Yeah.
3: You know, uh, it is. Like you said, it really is because we still have, like, you know, we have food deserts, places where, you know, where literally there's no stores where you can go get food and you don't see we have vacant lots, but they're not helping people develop them so that we could grow our own food and right. take care of each other. So you see, you feel the threat of gentrification coming into your neighborhood. Where do you think that your community will be pushed to?
2: Um, there- well, when it when the- first, The first wave last year hit. Um, A lot of my friends were pushed into their cars, homeless, Mm. transient, and it happened so fast, Um, whereas I used to be able to find people somewhere to live. It happened so fast, and there were so many people at once. I was overwhelmed. That was a first for me to be – everybody was like, you know, can you find this part? And it was just like, no, I don't even – I don't know what to do. Mm. You know, so when it comes again, which is coming, because like I said, the rent just went up again, and taxes are up, and um, there's so many people over here that were paying, you know, $400 rent, $300 rent, and, you know, you try talking to these people, and they're like, I got got, um, nice housing, and I'm not worried about nothing, and like, sir, you're about to be homeless, Mm. and they're not thinking that far ahead, and they don't believe you, and you know, um, where we are now, um, an elderly couple were told they could buy this house that they're living in, and they thought they were buying it. And now they find out, you know, you're about to be displaced. And, you
3: know, and, and you hear that often where where you, you think you're buying it from somebody and maybe they haven't kept up with taxes or whatever, and the next thing you know, you're out in the cold.
1: Who yeah.
3: is looking out? Who is looking out for you? I mean, you know, I mean... The governor says she needs more data on water, okay? Right. Um, who, uh, you know, the mayor is, like, trying to bring in more yuppies, I guess, more, you know, and, and gentrify it, you know, because it looks real, the way that he, the vision he has with Detroit. Who's looking out for these Nobody. people who
2: are, who are getting hoodwinked? And these elderly people put all their money into, quote, unquote, their house. hmm because if you're buying a house, that's what you do. And now they sold all these properties to whomever else. We're not, we're not even sure yet. And they're like, okay, well, you know, they're advertising our houses already. Mm. And you find out, you know, that, that here's your house being advertised for rent at a price triple what we're paying. Of course they want this house. And you find out, you know, you're not actually buying this house now. What are you going to do? You can't afford to rent. You're retired, and nobody cares. You know, like you know, there's nowhere for us to go, and there's nobody that's going to fight for us. Nobody hears our voices, and these people in politics subscribe to, re- except for a few like Nicole Small and you know those types. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. They subscribe to the politics. They want to be seen. They want clout. They want status. They want to take pictures with certain people, and at the end of the day, that's what matters and nothing else. I haven't seen anybody talk about the displacement of us, the white Mm flight. Nothing like that. I haven't seen anybody worried about us. Their priorities are them. mm -hmm. You know, I had some friends who were
3: from here, but they were back in town, and they live in, in New York, but they came back and. They were driving uh, through there. They said, what's happening? You know, nobody's taking care of the neighborhood, but who are these people buying up these things? And, you know, it's just sort of like, they said, where's the city government doing? I'm going like, you know, and I, and so I took them to midtown and downtown, I said, this is what they're doing. You know, and like you said, where do we go? You know, you know, they are not going to let, let people live in their cars. So they, then they'll be towing the cars away. There's no buildings, there's no places, places that they have let go downhill. Now, like you said, someone is buying them up. Do you have any idea? I mean, you don't know when someone has come in and bought up houses until you see that it's advertised that it's for rent, so you don't have no
2: idea who these. Well, you you do know that the land bank will allow you to buy a house, but you have to keep up with the house, and they check it every 30 days, and they take the house back. Okay. You know there 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 there's a lot of games going on. There are a lot of restrictions, and there are a lot of people buying these houses, and a lot of LLCs buying these houses. Like it, you can find out who's buying the houses. It's easy to figure it out, and you know who's in charge of the land bank. So there's uh-huh. that. So yeah, uh-huh. you know, it's it's happening, and it's happening fast. Uhhuh. And then it's going you know, to be, you know, homeless people. Nobody cares to feed them. Everybody's already uninsured. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, this is
3: wonderful. Where, where will they go? I mean, it, I mean, really? I mean, where every right. place that you see that people are going, you know, and it's funny When we start to go someplace. Either first of all, nobody wants you there, and then once you you make a stakehold there, then suddenly, oh. Why, that looks attractive. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, and you go through the same thing. It's it's very stressful. I bet. I bet, you know, because how do you see, what do you say to your children? When I talk about your children, I'm not just talking about your biological children, the children who are in your neighborhood, who you're looking after, who are your children. What do you say to them, you know, like people say, you know, not to have kids leave. You know, they want people to stay in Detroit. But
2: what do you say to them about the future
3: for, for them? For That's them the hardest part.
2: You know, um, some of these kids have been kicked out of the house, and their text messages and journals have been read in front of the church or at family mm. dinners or family gatherings. Mm. They've been shamed and embarrassed to the point where it's easy for the predators to – you know, get a good grip into them. You know, they uh-huh. have given up on so much and so many things. It is not much to be said at this point. Sometimes they have like, ugh, that, the outlook on life is a little different. So uh-huh. they don't even, right now the future is just like tomorrow. Uh-huh. You know, some of them were are sex trafficked and can go back home. I worried if their mom would be dead tomorrow. You know, it's 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 a different reality. It's, these kids are not the same. You know, it's not... Mm-hmm. They don't have the privilege of comfort and safety. They're anxious. They're stressed. You know, they, they're, it's not the same. Um, they are hustling a lot of the time. Some of them are already on drugs. If it, 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 Society has already failed them to the point where, you know, I remember asking the land bakes for a building. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. adults have done them so wrong and adults that say, oh, I want to be your mother or father have done them so wrong. Adults that have taken them in and um, the the LGBTQ plus society that say, you know, I'll be your mother and father that have done them wrong in other avenues. So majority of them, it's, it's different. It's just a different world for them. So, you know, you have to just start, meet them where they are sometimes and do your best, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, and and when they're ready, you know, and calm down a little more, you know, but you just can tell them, you know, hey, it might be bad now, but it'll be worse if you go with that person. You know, it might be bad now, but, you know, let's try this out or, you know. There are houses we set up, you know, with so that they don't have to go, do things that they were doing, you know it's not exactly the best situation, but it's better than them being with creditors uh-huh mm-hmm. detail, but it's not exactly a sound thing, and it's not mm-hmm. something the state would be okay with
3: mm-hmm. you know it's it's bad if things are that you're talking about knowing that you're there gives me hope. Who influenced you? What inspired you to say, you know, I'm taking this stand right here. This is my community. This is my neighborhood. And this is what I'm going to build towards. I
2: mean, where did that come from um, in you? Because you're either there and you're going to complain about it or you're there and you're going to do something about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember being... 14, 13, 14, and suicidal, and packing the bag and saying, I'm going to go live on the street, you know, and and knowing what that would have brought for me and knowing what kind of lifestyle I would have had. So at least I can do my best for somebody else because I know where I would have ended up. Huh. And it, and hmm. the world for us is is not safe, you know, and if I could do a little something, you know, so... We don't have the options other people have, and Uh people ride by sex workers and want to make jokes and throw things at them, and Uh people just don't give us any respect and any love. You know, we are the biggest choke to the whole world, so no, not in my neighborhood. Uh I have five seconds. I'm going to use it wisely. Uh And, And so many people... I'm not saying I've, I've done much, but so many people are like, okay, I can do a little more, you know. So when people uh-huh. see me walking and they start conversation and, you know, other people are like, all right, well, I'm going to help, you know. So uh-huh. I've done a little more, and other people have done a little more.
3: You know, and I uh, we were talking earlier how you're a mom, and, you know, and we were sharing how, you know, when our kids get sick, no matter how big they are, you know, you go into mom mode. Do your kids ever want to say, "Mom, today you you need to just sort of sit it down and let us, you know, and, and just
2: rest." Just, just do they ever try to like, yeah, sit down, sit down. <laughs> or, or they'll <laughs> do it like, for me. Honestly, they'll be like, "Okay, we got <laughs> you, we got it, Mom. We're gonna mm-hmm. do it today." Yeah, or the, one, you the know. one
3: of them say, "I'm gonna sit on her," and he's gonna go
2: do it, <laughs> so she stays in huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, because yeah. my kids will actually go out and um, take things out for me too. Honestly, like if if it gets bad or um, they've gone out delivered things to people and they've taken things to my homeless friends and things of that sort, or you know, they'll say, "Hey, these people have gone without, and we hate to see it." and they are very good at it, and so I feel so much better. Like I don't even have to say it, you know. My kids mm-hmm. know how to do it, you know. So I've done well, like you know. And uh, my husband is just as so good, you know. He's a giver. He takes care of people. So I, my kids are amazing, you know. I'm, I have mm-hmm. amazing kids. I can't, I couldn't tell you as far as even with feminism and all of those things, my kids step up to the plate. And it's a good thing to say it's hard to raise boys, you know, because you have to raise them to be mindful of women as well, you know, Mm and non-males and all of those things, and my kids have it down. Yeah, I think
3: that that's often that when I'm talking to other women and and I'll tell them, I said, one of the things I was really mindful of is that I knew that as my son watched how. I handled myself, I took care of my business, I took care of him, and how I uh, allowed the world, you know, I stood up for things in, in the world. And that was how he was going to learn to be, not only with women, but just in life. And I know that once he told me, he said, Mom, I knew we always had challenges, but you always found a way to work <laughs> And, and he, said, so, he said, so, he said, so, he said, I never felt that I couldn't do something it was a challenge, and I, I just work at it. And, you know, and I hear you talk about your kids and how they go out and do it, and they recognize people who need help, and they go and take it. That must make you, you know, there aren't enough degrees in the world to make you feel any prouder than you must be of them when you see them being that person.
2: And, and even, like, my my eldest son, Tony uh, Hero, who, who's an artist, he left a whole group, a comic book group, because they insisted on drawing breasts on a character, um, mm-hmm. a spider or an, I can't remember which one. And he's like, why do you guys have to sexualize every woman?
1: And mm-hmm. things like
2: that, you know, like, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, things mm-hmm. like that, you know, you just be like, yeah, I, you know, I, I've raised my kids correctly. You know, when you find out how your kids treat non-males, trans women, you know, you're like, all right, you know, they get it. You know, I, even when I'm not looking over their shoulder or they don't know I'm listening, when you see your kids on abortion threads, you know, mm-hmm. speaking the way you would speak, it, and you're like, they don't even know if you're reading it or not and they're doing the right thing and saying the right thing, that's what counts, you know. I don't care how they respect a senator or, you know, a, a non-black person, it, you know, things that matter. You know things mm-hmm. that matter. You know, so you know those things bring bring it home for me. You know, you know how to treat people that that are that need you, your your respect, that really need your respect. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna take our second break, and then you know we got elections coming up, and I I just want to hear. You oh. so we'll be We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> We're back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and I'm talking with Dree Cooper. Okay, we started out because you know we're talking about hood feminism, but you know you hear a lot of the the women who are running, you know, and people who are supporting mm-hmm. them. They they are feminist, but what what they're talking about is not what you're talking about, and yours involves building community in it. And you see people say, like, oh, you have to vote for a woman. But, you know, any old woman, I mean, they don't have to, any old black person, any old woman, any old whatever, if they're not hearing what's happening in the neighborhoods and amongst people and concerned about it, then, you know, we can't just be going along to get along. As you see this coming up, okay, first of all, we've dealt with, almost four complete years of the mm. current resident of the White House. Um, yes. And although they some people try to say, and, and that's the thing that also gets me is like, you hear people go who look at their stock market and this and that, and they go like, Oh, well, it's all like, and you don't hear people really want to talk about social justice issues. I went to meet one candidate, I was at a thing there. And they talked about, you know, student loans, the economy, all like that. And it wasn't until I mean it was mostly a room full of non black people, but it was those of us who asked questions about social justice issues, things like water cutoff, about income inequality, about women's reproductive rights. What do you I mean, do you have people gotten that way? Do you see that people have gotten a way that they just don't care about? neighborhoods, and what's happening that you see each and every day?
2: Well, yeah, because, again, um, we've learned to be respectable and nice and kind. We've learned to uh, play nice and play by the rules, and that's why I I continue to shake things up. Um, We've learned to not, you know, upset people. We've learned to say, you know, read the room and go with what everyone else is doing. And it's dangerous Uh to do that. You know, everybody wants to be like, well, I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want to, you Uh know, bother, you know, this person is here, so I didn't say that. And I'm like, that's that's why we have the Orange Dictator in office. You know, Uh shake things up. Say what needs to be said. We have people dying because they don't have, you know, my electricity, literally fire was shooting from the pole to my window, and uh, DTE said, well, we're not going to come out, and that's just how it is. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I'm from the old school. I was taught to knock shit out. I'm sorry. I was told Uh to raise hell because we are not going to get anything by being nice. I, I did the nice thing plenty of times, and all it did was make me angrier when I got home and sat there and was like, gosh, I was so nice and respectable, and they still sat in my face because they make the rules. If you play by their rules, they're just going to change the rules. So we are always like, well, I should have, but everybody was so kind, and I didn't want to be that person. I'm going to be that person. Uh-huh. And when you shake things up, you'll get different results. And everybody's always in the room like, well, I didn't want to do this. And, of course, you don't want to be labeled the angry black woman. Well, I'm sorry, (laughs) trauma's in our DNA, and you're going to be the angry black person regardless. You know, one thing I learned when I worked at U of M is whatever you do, they're going to cry, and they're going to say, that big black woman did. Uh I'm 5'5". I was 120 pounds, and I was still called the big black woman. Mm -hmm. You can't win for losing. So you have to do what you have to do, and you have to do it with the conviction in your heart that you're going to raise the hell and you're going to shake things up and they're going to remember you. I don't have to be liked. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be loved, but I have to get results. And I'm coming for my results and I'm coming for my people. And, you know, and
3: what's wrong I mean, if you're not angry about it, I mean, really, how can you walk past a house where they have no water, where DTE won't come out, where you see someone is lying in the street dead who was killed just because they were who they are? I mean, and you're not angry? I mean, don't you you know? I mean, you know, you're not angry? Do you ever find that, that people will go like, Want to use you like the flavor of the month? Like, okay, well, oh, listen, she's she'll we'll bring her out. But then when you're angry afterwards, suddenly you know it's sort of like, oh, well, we didn't think she was going to go there. We just wanted to show that you know we are liberal oh, yeah. and progressive, and we hear that.
2: Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm a good prop until um, people think I'm a good prop until like I use my own agenda. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's all good when you're promoting their agenda, but when you, you know, come out and do you, it was a bad mistake. It was a mistake and you embarrassed us or we can't take you anywhere. That's fine. Uh-huh. And I have zero regrets because, like I said, I'm not I'm not yielding to anybody and to play by their rules has never gotten us anywhere. You know, they will use you like a prop and you can smile and wave and do whatever you want. It's not going to get us anywhere. We have to do what we need to do to get ahead. I am so sorry. I'm not the black girl you thought I was. But my people are still, at the end of the day, my people are still in need. And I got to do what I have to do for them. And I can't. I can't fit to whatever image you wanted me to be. I can't be nice. And, you know, as soon as you learn their rules, they're going to change them up. And you're still going to be the angry black woman if you sneeze too loud at the end of the day. I won't. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. I have no interest in it. It is what it is, I and I'm going. I wake up angry every day because we we're, we're get somebody's foot on our neck every day. I no apology. I'm not even sorry, honestly. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh you huh. Know? no.
3: I, I, know, I, know, you know. I mean, because it doesn't. It's such how they're they're and say, "Well, we think that you should talk about this." And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'll talk about what I'm gonna talk about, <laughs> you know." And and you'll just get over it. But there's that. How then? What do you see? I mean, you look at Detroit, and they say, well, Detroit is a majority black city. But, you know, we don't have power. We how have none. We, I mean, you know, really, we don't have power. Uh, I, you know, and I thought, how do we, we claim that? What do we do? I mean, you know, because there are some people in our community, which also makes me mad, that we have some people who have been beaten down so badly that they're like that person who's laying there and just covering up so they can take more kicks. How do we protect them and help them
2: get up and, you know, and how do we fight back? You have to be the voice for them and not the voice for the wrong things. You have to really want to fight for these people and not not take crumbs to get, elevate yourself. You have to fight for them and, and not fight for photo ops and, you know, uh-huh. and, and fight, you know, we, we, we give up so much for so little. We keep exchanging so much of ourselves for so little, and I keep watching it over and over, and the most powerful people are giving up so much, and we're not getting ahead. What have we gotten? And I uh-huh. see certain people, certain clicks, steady moving forward, and we are losing. We are still, as a whole, our communities are still losing. And I'm like, what have we gained? And we, you know, a lot of us are still asking for the same things, and we're the ones who are called, you know, the worst names and thought of the worst, but we have the biggest messages. And we have to get ahead. We have to stop sacrificing our people. We have to stop sacrificing our people. Well, you know, and and you know, you've seen it,
3: I've seen it, that someone – they get the platform, you know, they might be down with us, and then they get that platform, you know, to where they could get up there and, and be that voice. You know, you've got the platform, you, the lights on you, and like you said, then they get back into, like, they become so respectable. How yes. do we, when we, we, and we've supported them, you know, we've supported them, we've pushed them ahead, go ahead, girl, you know, we watch you to, how do we keep them on track? You know, remind them of where they come from, you know, and so that once they get that job and that check, they don't forget where they came from.
2: I have no idea. (laughs) You're whispering at ears. You talk to them, and then they say, I got you, I got you, and you turn around, and it's just so heartbreaking to see. I really wish I had the answer. I mean, they, they honestly have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the, at the end of the day, no matter what you say and what you do, they have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. They have to want to be accountable. They have to want to hold their neighborhood and their people down. They have to care enough about being a, a black activist and a an advocate for their people to want to continue to do it. There's nothing we can say. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you either have it in you still or you let it go. hmm so you have that love of we, community and your people, or you no longer do.
3: Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you're, you know, and it does. Uh, and it. I guess like some people look and, you know, they go like, well, you know, but I want to have this and that. But but some things are just stuff. And you know what? And as quickly as you can get that stuff, something can go wrong, and next week that stuff is, is gone. But if your community is there and has your back, you know, your community will lift you up, but your community will also be the one who catch you if you fall and hold you up and, and, you know, people, people don't, that to me, it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, take a chance, take a chance on yourself by believing in who you are and where you came from. So what do you see? Okay. You know, we've got, this election coming up, you know. You, when you looked at that huge panel when it started out, like there was, I don't know, everybody and their mother was running for president as a Democrat, <laughs> You know, I mean, really, everybody. And like to me, the good thing was is like because it was diverse, you know, it made people recognize that it isn't, you know, the politics as usual. Although now we're down to some old white men and a woman because only one woman and It just boiled back down. We went from something really huge, and although I would like to believe that some of these, the different faces that you saw, that when we defeat this man, this this evil person in November, that some of those people will, will make a change. But how much hope do you have in the system?
2: Well, I would love to be naive and say, oh, I have this and that, but it's a structured, systematic system. We're at the bottom of it. Um, The rules, like one person does not have the power to make that much change. And once you get into office, you still have to fight so many things. You have to fight the Senate. You know, it's not as simple as one person can come in and and Mm -hmm. change everything. You know, Um, Obama was one of the most conservative presidents ever. And people get so mad at me when I say this, you know. Mm -hmm. He took good pictures in the White House with a lot of black people, though. He threw good parties, but he was very, very conservative. And he pushed in a lot of dangerous bills, you know. And he Mm -hmm. he did a lot of setting back before the Orange Book crater got there. But um, Mm -hmm. I am not optimistic at all. It's entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like for us to have health care. You know, I would like for things of you know that sort to come forth. Um, I have no faith in anybody that's running. I have more faith um, in um, Elizabeth than anybody, but I'm not thinking one person's going to come and make um make it safe for Black women and sims and the queer community and Black folks. No, that I don't mm-hmm. think that's happening. But it, it's entertaining to watch, and I'm learning a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. But wait. Politically, no, I don't I don't see anything
3: changing. Right, and you know, and it's like you're saying, like any one person. I mean, because you know how you see that, even with with the orange orange one, and even with Obama, like you said, (laughs) there are things that he put in that didn't get passed into law, and you have to get the Senate and Congress Uh, sort of go along with it in order to Mm -hmm. do that. At a many states. At a local level, you know and, and part of one of the way is too is that you have to have people who are about making change in the pipeline because to change some of this stuff has just been institutionalized
2: right, okay, and so, billionaires so, around the world you know, it's Thank not just you. Thank you the president you have billionaires <laughs> that run this world that make laws that lobby, you know you have companies, you <laughs> know we still have so many other things to say. <laughs> But, you
3: know, and I guess like, like not, you know, and we have to make a whole lot of change. I mean, there's just a lot of change that has to be made. You know, you see some people who are, are talking about it and doing it, but, I mean, a lot of it and means that we need to have people like you, people out here doing things in the neighborhoods and doing it. If you were to come up with, let them drove over, the car broke down in your neighborhood, and they were about to get elected, and they came and they said, you know, And, of course, if the car broke down and it was a hot summer day, you would offer them a glass of water because you're that kind of woman. You know, you you let them sit on your porch while they waited for the tow truck. And if they said, Mm -hmm. "Dream, tell us the main priorities that that I need to be thinking about that I really need to change, you know, how I'm thinking on to break this, this stagnant mold that we're in, that really is made to continue to keep people down, black and brown people, even though we are the minor majority, it's made to keep us down forever, the minority. What would you, would you tell them if these are the things that you just really need to get on, wake up,
2: and look at? Build your community. You build your community. Don't ask anybody else to. If we all start building on our community, and gatekeeping, ta-da! Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 get something and we we immediately give it away. We get something and we immediately invite everybody into it. We get something, it's everybody. You know, we invite everybody to cook out. Everybody else gatekeep. You know, something should be just ours. Let us have mm-hmm. something for a second and, and hold value to. It and uplift in our community together Mm -hmm. and hold it sacred and let it mean something to each other and ours, and we love on it, and that brings us together, and it's just ours, and we got something to talk about and love and honor, and it just keeps bringing us up, and then we bring something else to hold together and keep and love and honor, and it just keeps bringing us up, and it's a respectful thing and we just keep doing things like that. And people can't keep stealing from us and hurting little black girls' feelings and emotions and saying, well, I know it was yours, but oh well, and nobody fights for these little black kids because we're gatekeeping Mm -hmm. and protecting our kids. We're protecting our little boys and girls. We're telling our little boys and girls, you can be who you want to be all the time instead of shaming, laughing at them, throwing them out of our community. Let's work on ourselves. For a little while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would change so much, especially in our kids. Let's quit putting trauma and DNA in our kids. Mm -hmm. So a sense of community will go a very long way. And I'm not just saying, you know, a neighborhood with a park. I mean community (laughs) as a verb. Mm -hmm. You know, like parenting as a verb. That would Mm -hmm. change a lot. So when I say community, I mean community.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know about the senior down the street. You know about your neighbor next door. You know, sometimes how you'll hear people talk about how, you know, back in the day, you know, if I did something before I got home, my mother knew or something. You know what? But we're supposed to look out for each other. Yep. Yeah, we're supposed to look out for each other. We're supposed to care about each other and love each other. And, you know, I think that. You know, as I to go back to, you know, Desiree's article, you know, quick feminism is about loving each other,
2: mm-hmm. loving
3: our neighbor, loving on our Whether neighbor. Whether we like them or not. Thank you. <laughs> you, know?
2: Uh-huh. You, know, you know, I don't care about, I mean, I don't, I don't care to hear about my neighbor's day all the time or not, or the lady down the street, but if I got it, she got it. Uh-huh. You know, if if her kid's going without, oh, come look in my basement. I keep bags of clothes in my basement. You know, and that's just how it needs to be again. Because mm-hmm. we can't afford, everybody is struggling right now. And we know we're about to be homeless over here. So we are pinch and pins. So we let, let's help each other the best ways we can right now so that when it's time to move, we got everything we need. All of us, not just one person can go. We can all go, and we can all go doing our best. Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, figure this out. We don't have to be holding hands singing kumbaya. Let's figure (laughs) this out as a unit, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's that's what I'm on. That's what I'm Mm -hmm. on. You know, you don't have to like me. You don't have to love me. You don't have to laugh at my jokes because I'm silly. I'm always silly. I've been in pain too much. So when I'm up, I'm trying to be silly and forget that my pain was a 10 all night and I slept for 30 minutes, you know. So when I'm up uh-huh. and out, I'm probably always silly and being being too much for everybody because I want to forget how how rough it is, you know. But, yeah, let's go for it. You know, let's do this as a unit, you know, and that's how I am. Like when I get something, uh-huh. I want everybody to have a piece of. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. hmm uh-huh.
3: That's right. You know, you don't have to love me. You don't have to like me. But if you see I'm down, don't step over me and just keep walking, you know right you know, mhm, mhm. It's like, how are you doing, sis? Are you okay? you know uh, right that's that's I'm all I have.
2: Let's look at the big picture right? I'm not the best person in the world i'm at, I'm in the head a lot, and you know i I'm, I'm all over the place, and I'm thinking of twelve things at once because i'm I'm doing twelve things at once in my head, but let's look at the big picture. What are we trying to do here? You know, email me if you don't feel like talking to me. Rest us all, I love her. I love that. Audrey, I'm gonna let you go for
3: tonight. Thank you, Michelle. But but I I'm gonna stay in touch with you. i mean, like I said, you know. Yeah, you, know, you got me. You know, I, I, I don't know what I, I I know what you know. Uh, I how or what? But you know. That's what it's about. That's yeah. what it's about. You know, what success? I often tell people, I might not be rich how y'all looking at it, but in people who I know, who I love, people who will come back, and if somebody tells me, you know, you did this and it helped, even when I wasn't thinking about it, I wasn't doing it intentionally, cause, you know, then you're rich, you know, right. you're rich, you know. so, But, but you go and... You have a good evening, Mm -hmm. get some Mm
1: -hmm. rest. I want to thank my guest, mother, activist, animal lover, and hood feminist, Dree Cooper. Her activism is a throwback to a very old concept in the black community. When women not only raised their families, they nourished entire ecosystems of neighbors and kin. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines. Standing Boldly in the Crosshairs of Air Intersectionality, and Creating Change, right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.